there's a still of on the IMDb page of Juliet Binoche and her like hat and scarf for nonfiction, and the the caption of her speaking is not a cop but a crisis management expert. Me when people say Kamala Harris is a cop. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that, that that line was pretty funny. Uh, at, at the end, and then at the end she flips at, well, to be when, like, when just it, say she's a cop. When, well, when it's the wife of the man who she's been sleeping with for six years. She's yes, like, and that makes me such a difficult role to play—a crisis management expert. Ah, oh, she's a cop. Like, <laughs> just she, say it. She stops caring. Ooh, mood lighting. Thank you, well, Benjamin. Ben Ben is turning out lights and turning on lamps. The overhead lights are off. The diffuse light is spilling onto the table. 79 on Metacritic this thing has. I think it's a good movie. From whomst? I actually, one thing I meant to do before we recorded. I really like it. One thing I meant to do before we recorded hmm. was like look up the, like, the highest review from the critic I trust the most. It's like, and not like Richard Brody, but like an A.O. Scott or a Manola Dardis, you know, like. I Brody, who I'm famous. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not famously anything, but I'm hot and cold on Brody. Justin Chang really liked it. I think it's a great so movie. So Scott. I think it's a great movie, but I still lowered my review to three stars on Letterboxd today because I none of these characters have stayed with me since I saw it. Because they're not characters, really. Right. I like. Which I, I like the girlfriend of the main schlub man. She's good. I think it's uniformly well acted. Like I mm-hmm. don't. I think that the cast. I was really amused by this movie and I was really engaged by its speed and by its content and the conversation it was having. I was very much with it Mm -hmm. at times a little bored because you know, there's no, a lot of chatter. There's this, there there are characters in the movie and they have drama, but it sort of glommed onto this Mm -hmm. and it just never, never reconciles both. And I just sort of, part of me gets the feeling that Asayas like knows that he's not doing that and he's just like taking the piss a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's also like, that doesn't mean that I have to say that I love this movie. Yeah. You know, I can respect what he's trying to do. Um, I mean, we, I have things to say when we talk about the movie, which yeah. we're we not are, there I don't yet. know that I do respect it. You don't respect a director taking, uh, a, making a choice that is deliberately atypical? When, 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 when not you, when this is the choice. I see. I I guess I don't really cherry pick that type of choice that a director's going to make unless it's like problematic or uh, like detrimental to uh, society or something. I just remember I heard him say on in an interview mm-hmm. that when he started writing this, it was more just like a free form stream of consciousness, consciousness, and he didn't know if it was a movie. And my thought is, well, I don't think it was a movie, really. I mean, there's there's a rich, layered, textured history of like talky movies that are ultimately just like intellectual masturbation mm-hmm. that sort of dance around a moral quandary. Like, there's a little bit of Romare there, I guess. So I think that there's precedent for this type because I I was grappling with this question too, where I was like, do I even consider this like a, a legitimate mode of cinema? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I came to like, well, it's been done before and mm-hmm. by like, great filmmakers. Therefore, like, I can't go that far. But I understand. I understand the impulse. It really feels like to me he just had a m- one monologue and gave different characters different parts. And it's all one thing. I guess we're talking about Olivia Asayas' new film, Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Elvis Mitchell. We're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're talking about uh, group therapy. <laughs> we'll be right back, uh, Nonfiction. Who's, think- the, who's the captain now? I'm the captain now, but Hello, do we okay. want to just jump into talking about the movie? Or yeah. How, oh my god! Well, last week we had twenty-seven minutes of banter. I think we can dive in at five. Okay, minutes. so quickly. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Hi. Oh, welcome. hello. Oh, hello. Oh, good to see you. Oh, thank hello. you very much. Okay. All right. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> 
welcome to another rip-roaring, fun-filled episode of Movies IMO. Uh, this is a podcast about motion pictures, uh, predominantly. Most. Co- conversation around them, stimulating exchange of ideas. Um, I'm Daniel Crook. I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. Uh, this is the quickest we've ever gotten into an episode. Hey! Today we are discussing Olivier Asayas's new joint, Nonfiction. Translated from the French title Devil Lives. But I think nice. it, I think the title makes sense. We can jump into it. Um, and we're also talking about two other Asayas films starring Juliette Binoche, we're talking about the sublime summer hours and the beguiling clouds of Sils Ooh, Maria. Beguiling. And uh, great. So that's we're good. We've been okay, so now we're we've about, done we, it. Now we're about the movie. Okay, so Ben's point about how this is like Asayas's inner monologue, maybe like disgruntled about the state of things and just trying to work out like which way is up, which way is down around how technology is changing the public, the book publishing industry, basically, or how like we as a society value literature or just books, not just literature and art in and general. art in general. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's not but just specifically in, there. In we're, the book ex- world. we're exploring it through books. Yeah, I guess like ultimately why I have patience for this idea of like that it being a monologue that's explored through a film is that one, if his, uh, if, 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 if the object of Asayas's or the aim of Asayas's, if his goal here is to present a coherent argument where, where he ends up looking like the smartest person in the room, if that's his aim, I don't think he gets there. No, because, I don't think that's and, but I don't think that's the aim, right? Like, even if this is this monologue that he has in his head and he wants it to spring from his temple as like this mm. font of wisdom, I don't think that's what it is because ultimately like it becomes, this conversation becomes absurd. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's wrong. Everybody's right. Like ultimately it's just a bunch of intellectual masturbation uh, that lines their pockets so they can go off and being French and cheating on each other mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and whatever. So right. Anyway, so I'm just like, it, it, it's an interesting, like, I don't think it's just like a pure, just like, this is what I think on paper because. Well, no, that's not what I mean. No, I know. I'm just saying. It's that, just that it is all clearly coming from one person to me. I don't necessarily agree with the that. The opposing viewpoints are all just the ruminations of one person to me. I don't know. I feel like everyone has a pretty clear point of view, even though that's often contradictory. Like, it, I, I, I know exactly how everybody's going to think about each thing. Um, and I'm not saying that that's what you were saying. I, this is the conversation I've been having with myself since mm-hmm. I saw it. Um, but anyway, I remember the most engaging debate that I really hooked into. Sadly, now I can't remember the topic, but it's when <laughs> that's the experience of watching this movie, <laughs> though, because there's so much to chew on. OK, it was the conversation. Maybe you guys can help me remember the husband, the publishing husband with his mistress. Mm-hmm. And they were discussing like after it's like three, the two thirds of the way in the movie. And they're discussing like. Kindles or something or like oh yeah no you know he uh, it, you remember well, maybe I don't know if we're talking about the same one because they talk about that a lot <laughs> there's the well there's the question there's the conversation he has with the owner of the like the main editor or whatever I don't know what his job title is the guy who owns the publishing press that he works for right and the guy is talking he, about how he's how gonna sell he wants to sell but he's saying you know you said that the future was in e-readers and in Kindles but and this is true like in outside the movie like this is true like in the past couple of years. Kindle sales are going down and physical book sales are going up, which isn't necessarily saying that like physical books are going to win at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but that the e-reader wasn't the answer. So there's right. that conversation. And then there's also the conversation, maybe the one you're thinking of, is it before they're sleeping together? 
and they're like having a drink and she's talking about how we can make more money by like if we save money on paper and shipping and everything and we did like a very niche book or something like this yeah if we release that on e-reader and charge 50 percent or a third of the price we'll end up making more money off that than we would have in print therefore we shouldn't sign a deal like I, what i got from that conversation like the idea that like some books are worth putting in print others are worth releasing digitally because you won't make any money in print but you can still turn a marginal profit yeah that we're not even marginal but just a small profit yeah yeah. That might have been it. I don't remember. All right, so I'm just going to read. I don't really remember. I, I'm just going to read. I mean, um, there, was, there was a large <laughs> conversation about the democratization of literature. And on right. the panel, doesn't he say, like, who says I want democracy? Uh-huh. Just kidding. Very cheeky bloke. <laughs> so cheeky. Mm. Shall I Very read? I'm, I am not actually going. I, I, since I'm in charge, I'm refusing to give my own synopsis here. <laughs> just read it. I'm just going to read it from IMDb. Not that it's, like, impossible to follow, but it's, like, I'm not going to waste the time. Uh, set in the Parisian publishing world, an editor and an author find themselves in over their heads as they cope with a middle-aged crisis, the changing industry, and their wives. <laughs> what? Boing. Boing, boing, boing. What a romp. Uh, it's kind of a romp. It is kind of a romp. It really is. I mean, they're literally they're switching the most lovers. engaged I was in the movie is when Julia Binoche has that wig on and she has her gun drawn. <laughs> She's marching up those stairs it's, in the fake cop show. I want to watch that show. It was so good. Someone, Julia Binoche should have been in Destroyer. That's what this movie is. 1,000%. Also, why episodes. were there like jump scares in this movie? Like when the, when the gunshot goes off in that scene, it's very jarring. And then when the, the main I, author like jumps out and like scares oh, Julia yeah, that was I mean, that I, I literally jumped. I think that there's jump scares and like moments of... Not jump scares, but like... Moment, b- bursts of like extreme physicality in a movie that you're not expecting. Right. Like it, it, this movie Like feels, a big gunshot, a man bursting from yeah, out of frame. Like and a, then we cut right to lunch. Mm. Which we love. Catered I would lunch. Which we love. Can we cut to lunch right now? I'm I, ready. I was kind of hoping we'd have a carb. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I was kind of hoping we'd have a carb. Not to eat on the mic, there's, but maybe to eat on the mic stale tortilla chips that don't even taste normal anymore. I, I had a couple the other day. Well, it's important not <laughs> to throw them out. It's important not to throw them out. You never know when you're going to want to like put them in the bag and just like break them up with mm. your hands, crust a salmon, stick mm. it in the oven. Oh, oh, you, you never oh. know. Yeah. You never what know. do they taste like, rubber? No, they're, it, they... Hardtack? There's like a lime flavor that is coming through that wasn't there. Wasn't there. That I don't, I don't believe I purchased. Doesn't lime seem chips. natural. I'm getting no. sort of a citrusy rot yeah. in this bite. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so nonfiction. Juliette Binoche wears a big fuzzy hat and a scarf and a Christmas sweater. Well, I will say Guillaume. That's can... not even the hat I meant when I. Oh referred really? To the hat Which earlier. hat did you mean? Which other hat? Uh, she gets a drink with her lover, the writer, and then they go outside, and she has like a a maroon. Chapeau? Like fez almost. Uh-huh. It's like a furry fez, and she's wearing a huge fur coat. See, I thought you were referring you to the rabbit of... on her head mm-hmm. earlier in the film. Rabbit. Like that that big fluffy, like beige the one. furry hat. Oh, the hat. The, the chapeau. The hat. Um, I also like the breakup scene. I I like it too, but uh I don't remember it. <laughs> really? It's the it's I, told, the, I have a bomb you saw to it. drop. <laughs> Did you oh. fall asleep? No. Did you walk out? No. <gasps> Halfway through this movie, I was like, I will either have to walk out or I have to 
do phone because I was alone in the theater. Yeah. So I got my phone out, and for the second hour of the movie, I was fully sexting with someone on Scruff. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Which is very meta. Now, that's the kind of nonfiction very I'm all about. Meta. That's very much what this movie is about. I didn't give this movie the respect it deserves as a piece of art. So this is... So there was this guy that I've been chatting with, and he responded, and I was like, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The You're wor- alone. The world is as, swirling as... down the toilet drain, which mm-hmm. we just learned from non- in the first hour of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. The our appreciation for art is plummeting, and <laughs> it seems to be an, uh, an unsustainable business, yeah. and the youth don't care about it. And so really, the second hour is like fuzzy. When I looked up and read a subtitle, like, oh, I knew what was Oh, oh right. It's, it's also it's a in French. French. It's in French. <laughs> It is the wrong movie to second screen. Knowing what's happening. But it's okay. You're allowed to pull out your phone, just like the man at Culver City Arclight for my screening of the Beach Bum said Mm. to me. Oh, yeah. Please keep your phone. Well, I don't care. It's only you. Ben, I I thought when you said it was a hard watch, you meant something else. But here we are in the nonfiction episode. When you guessed what the bomb I was going to drop earlier was that I was blown during The Force Awakens, it was like, well. Not Close. exactly. Yeah, pretty. Ben, ben said before Almost we there. got on the mic that he had a bomb to drop on the episode today. And there's a moment in this movie where the the main author character, who has been published by Guillaume Canet's uh, editor character, who is hot, mm-hmm. by the way. Yes. Guillaume Canet is aging beautifully. Yes. What is? What do I know? Mister Marion Cotillard. Oh, is he? I believe so. Because uh, I can't think of like I can't spot him, but he looks so familiar. He is a film he was director at the end in the well. beach. That's Etienne! Etienne! Oh my god! Etienne! Etienne! Um, I just found out that... Um, That's the worst movie I've ever seen. Hold on, let me look this up. I just found oh, out... Oh, remember the movie Tell No One? Yeah, he directed that. I don't. He directed that. I have that. no idea what that uh, is. Virginie Ledoyen, oh. who, who plays... Um, oh my god, I can't wait. Who plays Françoise in The Beach. Something really exciting about her was just announced. And I... Don't know what it is, but I'm going to look it up. Ooh, he's in a movie called Girls with Balls. Oh. Well, I'm sure it's a French comedy that... Uh, it's about a volleyball team. Oh. <laughs> of it's, Vir- it's a body French comedy. <laughs> oh, it's just that Virginie Ledoyen was at Cannes this year. Who? Francoise in the beach. Doing mm. what? I think she was just there on the red carpet mm. for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, great. Arrested Development. Good for her. Good for well, her. I feel, I I, uh, I thought I had more to say about Virginie Ledoyen, who I adore. She's great in Eight Women. Um, great. Fabulous wow. actress. Um, the author character, to get back to Ben's bomb, um, the load that Ben dropped on us oh. about the movie. <sighs> Uh, he he is wow. he he is a writer of autofiction, and that he basically just takes his life experiences and turns them into thinly veiled fiction. He has been published many times over by the Guillaume Canet character, but Canet doesn't want to publish this one. He's sick of it. He's sick Enough of the ma- navel gazing. He's sick of the navel gazing, and he's sick of the masturbation. Mm-hmm. And ben wasn't. But oh. there's a, there's a thing there, where, and like er- everyone in this guy's book has like an analog in real life, and he's somewhat famous, and he's had like sort of a uh, he notoriously had a quick tryst with like a Fox News France anchor, or it's like a kind of implied. I'm sure if I was French, I would get the reference because I use real names. So I think she's like a right wing anchor mm-hmm. or something. And there's something in there about how she went down on him during Star Wars. Oh no, no, no! During Michael Hanukkah's The, the White, White Ribbon, Ribbon, which is I funny. like that bit. It's it's funny. It's a, it's a recurring bit. Um, and we find out that Julia Binoche, Guillaume Canet's wife, and an actress on a, as they would say in France, en policier. A police television show. Uh, she was, in fact, the character in the book. She's been having a consensual affair for six years with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
I can't believe that you put that in there. She's like, when I went down on you in Star Wars The Force Awakens, I did not think it was, she's like, it was not during the the rise of, yeah, the rise of Nazism (laughs) in Germany. Uh. But so I thought that Ben, I, I, I jested to Ben. What did you say? Not that it's a trendier movie, but it's, it doesn't she say it's more chic? Yeah. She says it's more chic. That the white ribbon is chic. More chic. I love the idea that in France, the theaters are so empty for Star Wars The Force Awakens that you can get busy in the back. Maybe they saw it weeks after it was released. But even in, in America, mid-day. even, uh, even mid-day. Brandon, even en les Etats Unis, three or four weeks into this box office I bet I could run. pop into an Endgame screening and it'd be packed to the gills I will four weeks say, later. I, I agree. I saw The Force Awakens for the fourth time I saw it in the theaters. Hell yeah. Was... Uh, Plenty empty enough to I, get a ble- a blowy a bleach a blow J as is said mm. in super bad. So how well, did I have your to tell you. conversation conclude with the man? We're gonna hang out at some point. Oh, that's fantastic! Then it was all worth it. Yeah. Olivier Asias will understand yeah. when fantastic. you when you send him that letter. It was literally sorry, it I was sexted. literally the the sequence in Personal Shopper of just <laughs> waiting alive for or dead, <laughs> <laughs> alive or dead. You're staring at the screen like the bo- the three uh-huh. like ellipsis bubbles come. I'm like, come on! Mm-hmm. Does Scruff do the three bubbles? No, it doesn't just, tell you. If someone is typing. No, I'm a- He's no just that, getting an image. I was actually curious because I only used the. Grinder. Woof. Grinder's over. Grinder's, Grinder's over. Grinder's been I over. No, I don't know you what s- I'm doing. Normal people are on I don't scruff. understand scruff. scruff. I don't understand Scruff it. can Venmo us $100. Why, th- why, does it, why does it have 1,800 tabs? Why does it open on Worldview? That's I, what I don't it care. Is. That's what no, I don't like. Right. I haven't been on Scruff in a couple of years. What Most I- woofed in the last hour. What I don't I like. I don't want to know. No, no, I'm with you on that, Brandon. Get, it's I like the that. Avid versus Final Cut. Like, mm. Avid has 10,000 options of things to do. Sure. Talking about editing software. And in Final Cut Pro, it is a streamlined mm-hmm. system where you know exactly, the functionality is seamless. Mm-hmm. It's immaculate. You know exactly how to do everything. You can have no editing experience. In half an hour, you can know how to use Final Cut Pro. Yeah. You have to read the tome that comes with mm-hmm. the Avid in order to figure it out. But... But and tell makes me if you a and, better editor. And Ben, tell me if I'm wrong here. Once you figure out the functionality of Scruff, I'm sure it works much more to your customized taste. It absolutely does. Then uh, you do have then to get used Grindel. to it. All right, I'll download Scruff. What I don't they can what, Venmo me, me personally, twenty five. I need drinking money for Pride Weekend. Please Venmo me six hundred dollars. <laughs> <What laughs> Hell yeah! This episode is sponsored by scruff mm. this this episode is sponsored by la pride scruff really should christopher street west yeah what the fuck mm. we should actually scruff, go, we should look into getting a, okay we should did look into getting a google doodle today i did see the google doodle today have, is it pride some notes let's get, take let's a look well here can i get my note first yeah I didn't know that uh, it was just every 10 years on the year that gay that LGBTQ history was made. We march. We march every 10 years. We've just been marching. We march in with... years that end in nine mm-hmm. every 10 years. And it's... Why is it every nine? Because it's 2019 and it started in 69. In Are these just generic marching images? Yes. And they... But it, the crowd becomes bigger. What's... Like, the crowd doesn't give any context to what was happening in the gay fight of that time. Like, the people on Christopher Street are just having a good time. Well, and it's also like... People in the 80s are just having a good time. Right. Marching. And frankly... Joyously. And I have to say, frankly, it looks a little gay mm-hmm. when... It's not even like gay was the cause of mm-hmm. the Stonewall riots or just like queer history in general. Right. Like it's very gay imagery, right. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which and is exclusive. So it's just like, can we 
Like, I know it's they have to do something cute for the Google Doodle. Like, it has to be accessible. They, it has to be an accessible See, item. This is but like... This is where, like, I relate so heavily to nonfiction because I'm such a fucking Luddite. I'm like, do they have to have an interactive, uh, what do they call them, a doodle? Yeah. Like, can we, can it just say Google? What? I like, I, I like, know. is this, is this, suppo- like, who is this person at the start of it just shouting and pointing, which prompts the whole yeah. 40 I'll t- years I'll t- I'll of history? I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah. In, 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 the, in that doodle. And, and it should be. Yeah, so of course, that's like, history. Why not just have... A, a rainbow. Simple, a simple doodle that when you click it links to just have a the picture of Riot's wiki or just something. have a picture of Marsha P. Johnson yeah. where the Google logo is over her face. Yeah. Just do that. Corporatize it, it all. It doesn't have to move. It doesn't have to change color. I know. I'm saying if you're gonna do it, a doodle. It does a rainbow. Well. <sighs> anyway, anyway, this has been the Google Corner. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I, I would recommend buying that Babadook DVD from the Shout Factory. That because the, it goes because toward. It goes, well, this is this is sort of how the, I, and it's not just the Babadook DVD. They have a whole little collection of like eight DVDs to choose from. Oh, Blu-rays. Nice. I just thought it was the Babadook. You can do Tu Wong Fu, um, another movie called Jeffrey that fellow film fact Jeffrey purchased. <laughs> Hell yeah! Jeffrey. Um, I got the Babadook Rainbow, and I'm going to be disappointed when you slide out the DVD. And it's just the, the regular. And it's just the regular one, but that's uh, fine. The, yeah. sl- the sleeve is fun, that's and fine. it goes towards a good it's cause. Twenty dollars for a sleeve. It's cool. <sighs> How great! Do you have... already own the film? On, on no. And I've always okay. been meaning to own it anyway, so, so why not now? So it's worth it. Well, you know you have. I mean, it was already mm-hmm. worth it. You don't like the Babadook. I don't. Yes, but we like the Babadook. I mean, I don't hate it. Yeah. I had an event. I like, like an Outfest event around the gayness of the Babadook. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I had to purchase I it. I like therapy horror. Like it can be a, I don't think the Babadook is poorly made, but it can be a shoddy looking movie where it turns out the monster is like gay shame. Mm-hmm. Five stars on Letterboxd. Hell I yeah. love therapy horror. I just get kind of bored <clears throat> watching the Babadook. Really? It's not that I think it's poorly made. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of bored. Essie Davis doesn't captivate you with her lethargy and when does the nightingale come out spite towards her child has it come out i can't say that it does i'm sorry that's me trying to do australian i can't say that it was just in recently game of thrones Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wait seriously when does the nightingale come out has it come out august it's 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 hitting the film festival it's been on the film festival circuit for a while what do we think about midsummer being two hours and 20 minutes disappointing (laughs) disheartening it's going to be a sophomore slump I feel it in my bones. Well, it's like you can. Did A twenty four finance that film? Are they the financier? So. Well, they probably picked up Hereditary with the no, deal I, that I don't think they that bought they, Hereditary. Did they not buy Hereditary? I thought that they financed Hereditary based oh, on really shorts. Shorts. I, either maybe that's Could right. Could be in the script. I, whatever it is, we should not say definitively. Yeah. But Ben, that sounds right. A twenty four made some money off this guy. Hereditary was critically beloved. Mm-hmm. Fans liked it. It made money. It was a moment. Like, it, it was a moment. I remember going to the... Th- of course, we live, not to get to regional, you know, in a liberal bubble. And then it, that extends to culture, too. But, like, my theater was packed at the Vista mm-hmm. and the audience. It's one of the more engaged audiences I've, I've been in. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. They probably felt like this is a guy to... Of course they did. Like, this is a guy to invest in. It's a question. And, and so then they gave him probably Final Cut. And so then you get a two-hour and 20 movie. Maybe it's going to be great. We'll see. Could but be. it's like... I'm excited if regardless. It's gonna, if it's going to be, like, that type of... I don't know. I get like big Bergman vibes from this movie. Uh-huh. Bergman movies are like on 90. the whole like 140. Like yeah. Hour of the Wolf is like 140. Like the long ones are like mini series. Yeah, the long like ones are he, seven hours. Like they're the seven hours and ninety minutes. Yeah. Are ninety. Yeah, I mean yes. it says on his wiki 
He what, made, did, what does Wiki say? He made two provocative short films that brought him to the attention of A24. Okay, got right. it. Um, and by the way, if I was A24, I'd probably do the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's smart move, but, you know, if it's a good movie, we'll find out. Here's what I'm curious about. It'll make money regardless because everyone wants to see the guy's follow-up to mm-hmm. Hereditary. Now, obviously, Cretia was not a box office success in the way Hereditary was, but it makes me think about how A24 doubled down on Trey Edward Schultz with it Comes at Night? Mm-hmm. Is that what that film was called? Mm-hmm. A movie that Ben loves. Great movie. Oh, you do? I do. But Great you, movie. Do you like Kresha? I love Kresha. I love Kresha. Kresha was in my top 10 that year. I did not Both like great It Comes movies, at Night. Both great movies, IMO. But It Comes at Night, did like they put together a great trailer. It did not do super well critically. It did okay. Yeah. Some people were just like rabid about it, yeah. like on the good side, and most everyone was like either meh or rabid bad. I I can't remember. I remember I had some rabid issues with it, mm-hmm. namely that I think the kid is not good. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think looking back on it, I'm more meh. But like Trey Edward Schultz, what's he up? What's he up to now? Didn't yeah, and maybe, maybe he's up to something. I'm he might be work doing something. Maybe I should look it up before I you know. I can give it a goog. How hard is it to do a quick goog before popping off? He's, he's got goog. something called Waves that's Wa- ooh, completed. Waves. Oh, two young couples navigate through the emotional minefield of growing up and falling in love. Great. He is obsessed with childhood Great. and loss of Who innocence. Who are the actors? Are they famous? Sterling K. Brown, Lucas Hedges. Oh, hello. Oh. Taylor Russell. Is it an A twenty? Is it an A twenty four joint? Because that was. Oh, it is A twenty four. Fantastic. So, so, I, so he has stayed in the so, fam. So I'll shift my point slightly, which is like you get kicked out of the family more than just say A twenty four sticks with their guys, mm-hmm. uh, their uh, their young white male genre tours. Mm-hmm. Taylor Russell is in Netflix's Lost in Space, oh. starring Parker Posey. We haven't talked about the film in a while that we're talking about today. Is that a problem? <laughs> no. Um, I'm just saying. I mean, is there anything to say? It has, no, I think let's move on to homework. Me, no, 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 no. Brandon, come on. Just one thing that I think about with, I didn't know what are we going to say about any of these movies because Olivier makes everything look so easy that it's almost like impossible to talk about them because everything feels so self-evident. I think that's right. And like this has mm-hmm. that, but just like not in a good way to me. It's like, I don't know. This this movie is this weird, heady mixture of screwball and like naturalistic dialogue movie. Yeah. And I love the idea. And, I don't think it is naturalistic though. I mean, I mean so when it, that's well, no, no, neither is screwball. I'm saying it's like this this mixture of like ratatat dialogue that is generally all about ideas. Of course, in screwball, it's about emotions too, and I think that it fails on the emotion part. But when it comes to the naturalism, I mean, like the settings of the film are very humdrum, very mm-hmm. pedestrian. We're in living rooms at dinner yeah. parties, we're in offices, we're in hotels, we're in the garden. I was thinking about Link Letter as I watched it, and I just mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Link Letter movies are not like they're not about people spouting about ideas, at least not in the same like explicit way. I think that they are, but I think that Linklater does a better job of tying them to character, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. why I don't really love Waking Life, which is a movie I know a lot of people really like. And that's a movie that's just coasting on its own ideas. The plot is, let's take an idea and then let's logically take A to B and then every every letter you go by is like a new animation style, a new story, Mm. like new characters. And I, I don't totally love that movie because I have nothing to hold on to. But in like the before movies, mm-hmm. they're just having conversations about art and marriage and fidelity yeah. and mm-hmm. the landscape and should we go right or left? But it's all tied to this emotional undercurrent of yeah, right. like an emotional tension of are they going to be together at the end? Yeah. Are, right. These two people are clearly perfect for I each other. I guess what it comes are down to be together in the end? is in the before movies, I I believe that people speak this way. And mm-hmm. I believe that people have this 90 minute conversation walking around the city. I 
don't think people are talking the way that Asayas thinks people talk. But this in is non-fiction. this is where I wonder if there is an element of satire involved because mm. all the characters are bourgeois. They live in a very rarefied bubble, mm-hmm. like a like a, a niche of a niche of society. Mm-hmm. They all make their money by writing books, publishing books. They're in TV. Mm-hmm. Like it's very off to the side. Like it, it is a very particular bubble. And I wonder if he's poking fun at them in a way. Like this is sort of what I mean. Like yeah, I think he is, but I. So so I don't give a shit. Right. No, no. And I'm not I'm not debating with you on that point. It's just like I do think that the dialogue makes sense given the environment these characters are in and each of their own professions and what they claim to care about. But I gave this movie three and a half stars in Letterboxd after I saw it, and then I changed it to three today because I was like, what did I hold on to from this movie? Yeah. Like I really didn't take much of this movie with me, even though I was totally amused by it. Yeah. Um, and bored at times, but mostly totally amused by it. And Let's keep. So I was gonna say, what's the reason why we probably can't talk very long about this movie is because I don't think any of us feel so radically differently that we can actually have like a back and forth, like or no one cares enough to make a point because none of us really We're like this movie. Meh, from, I, I liked, I liked the movie, but the no, I, that did, I, really I enjoyed watching it. Uh-huh. Is that I really want to give it two stars, but it's not that bad. <laughs> like that's and it and it pains me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna give it? Two and a half or three? I think three. So everyone gives it a three. A three. We're all just mad. When was the last I time did... we all landed on like not a five? The exact number yeah, in the middle. A three. Um, Letterboxd cannot Venmo us any money, but they can sponsor us for yeah. pro accounts. Yeah. Um, uh, what do we make of the ending? Because I know ACS always does sort of an obtuse ending, but this ending, I don't. What's ha- what? What's I don't like know. The, ha- you will have to tell me what the what's ending. What's the th- <laughs> what's the thematic like? Because we're on like, the beach. We're on the beach, and it turns out that the author and his wife, who have reconciled, mm-hmm. are, are with pregnant. Child. Yeah. I think it's just sort of, I, I think that it's underlining the absurdity and irrelevance of the entire discussion the film has been having. Like, ultimate, yeah. ultimately, we will read, doesn't he... we will not read, but we will still, if you're straight, procreate, have children, goes mm-hmm. on to the next generation. Yeah. Because didn't he say, like, or one of the characters sitting there said, like, this is real. It's Basically, like, it's yeah. like, yeah. Got it. Ben, wait, Thank ben, you. Ben, so did you miss the part where they pull on Ocean's 12? What? Wait, what is that? Oh, when the Juliet Pinoche's When they're reference? like, Juliet Pinoche could play you. I did miss it, but it was... Uh, Very meta. Fellow film fag Nathan Blancet today told me we were discussing the film, and I think he said he didn't like that. And I was like... He was like, I didn't like the Pinoche thing at the end, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was busy sexting. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. I, I liked that. Cause I thought it was fine. I, like, I, didn't I, I had already told him I was sexting through the film. So. I love stupid <laughs> meta shit, though, as you know. See, so. I, and I, like, I, don't think that, I don't think he was patting himself on the back too hard for that oh. one. It was just kind of one more joke. Mm-hmm. I love the Julia Roberts bit in Ocean's 12 where Julia Roberts has to impersonate Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Like, that is extremely meta for the sake of, look at this sort oh of out-of-left-field bravura yeah. plot twist we're going to take. I didn't know but that I like happens. it. I think yeah. it works. Seen it. Oh, let's watch all three oceans movies well are we doing any like heist movies or coming up the hustle we were supposed to do the hustle well we hustled everyone on that didn't we when we do the tarantino movie we can just do brad pitt in Mm. oceans 11 (gasps) oceans 12 we can do the we can do a brad pitt a thon Uh, greatest living actor i don't know if i believe that but i'm saying it right now could be fun um I, i i was he was designated the mascot of the straight pride parade of boston Good for him. Did he accept it? No, but like they elected. 
<laughs> we would like Brad Pitt to be the mascot. This is what I okay. Sorry, I have, this is what I love about so these, like, fucked. This, what, no, this is what I love about these like straight pride like Neanderthals mm-hmm. is that all of their like heroes like on the on the screen on, like so far from like Charles Heston, Clint Eastwood, whatever. Like they're yeah. like Brad Pitt. That's the face of masculinity. Uh-huh. Brad Pitt has a production company that is designed towards telling stories of social justice, uh-huh. inclusivity. Like that's his whole mo. Yeah. I would bet, but then like, that's my guy. I would bet my entire net worth, which is a negative number, but <laughs> <laughs> let's say I had money, I would bet my entire net worth that. What's fun is if you pull that the he th- has messed around with men. I completely. Oh, agree. I completely. Yeah. Angelina. Yeah, there were. <laughs> yeah. They were business uh, partners. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I think they fucked each other, but I think they also fucked. People of the same sex at the same time, I probably think all ta- together. What was the movie one. By the Sea? Uh-huh. If you take By the Sea plus the vacation portion of Far From Heaven with Dennis Quaid is like passing furtive glances at Twinks by the pool. You put those two movies uh-huh. together, that's what their life is yeah. was like. I, I, yes, I, I believe. Correct. correct. I love that. So funny. I, I have like, like nonfiction. Yes. I had like a wow. Zadie Smith Double essay. Lives. I had like a Zadie Smith essay I was going to pull out if anybody was like, this is the rumblings of an old white man. Yeah. And I was going to be like, well, Zadie Smith is not an old white man, and uh, she echoes some similar sentiments when it mm. comes to the desecration of the library, mm. Um, mm. like everything going online. Yeah. I, I brought, I'm, I brought, it is my, true. I oh. brought my copy of the you book. You brought a text. I brought a text. What is it? I brought it, it's the essay. What is North, Northwest London Blues? Mm. But I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna read it. The point is like, you know, the library is one of the only spaces in the world that is still that, that does not require a purchase, mm-hmm. therefore has no market value. Um, anyway, and what, it, it does exist yeah. marginally. What should be my first Zadie Smith? I've been meaning to read her. Don't forever. ask me. I'm, I'm no Zadie Smith. Um, yeah. no, the maybe. the abandoned script of High Life. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> Zadie Smith wrote the first script for High Life. What? She and Claire did not get along. Wow. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. I can see why. Like they they hit it off mm. like in the first meeting. And they started writing together, and then it was Claire was like, "I can't do this." That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh my God. she's they, talked about that. They, but well, I ha- I didn't watch any of the yeah. uh, promotional stuff, except for Cameron Sheets. I watched I watched wow. fellow film fag Cameron Sheets' interview. You mean you didn't Claire listen to every <laughs> single podcast that came up the second it debuted? No, because I don't think I saw High Life until the second weekend. No. Um, and at which point... A24 still has her locked in the basement. Free Claire to me. <laughs> I, I listened to that. I listened to that conversation with uh, Brian Johnson. Mm, mm. Um, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like Zadie Smith would have done something cool with that. But yeah. it's... I, don't think, I mean, Claire, Claire to me like, is someone who has like such an intentionality behind her work, but I don't mm-hmm. think cares too much about you taking away like necessarily the right thing from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's because like, in, in the introduction to that collection of essays... Zadie Smith's like the last line in it I love, which is basically like, this is a collection like to, I'll just read it. I think it's great. Um, Give it a read. What does she say? Pull she it says, up. Um, uh, to the reader still curious about freedom, I offer these essays to be used, changed, dismantled, destroyed, mm. or ignored as necessary. Mm-hmm. Great. Like there's something about like, I'm going to write this with intent, <laughs> but like by all means, take it or leave it. Yeah. That makes me think about Claire Denis. Yeah, um, that's true. But anyway, interesting. I wonder Dark if... Dark layered, complicated. I wonder if there was, like, fighting over the sexual aspects. Is Zadie Smith a prude? I mean... Really? I Maybe. Have, I, I, I can't think of it, but I think I've listened to her, like, on Fresh Air say things that makes me think she is. Oh, I mean, she said some things that are that I'm not going to repeat are. on the yeah. microphone. Um, some language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, 
I mean, Claire Denis is also someone who like doesn't really care. Like she's she's not concerned about having the conversation on your terms either. Right. You know, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like you take what I'm saying and run with it, or don't. Yeah. But I'm not going to necessarily count out to what you're saying either. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a renegade idea there, mm-hmm. but interesting. Yeah. I've never listened to her on Fresh Air. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this has been the Lit Crit Corner. Um. Do this we... has been movies IMO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else on nonfiction, but I really. I mean, it's just like. I really don't. Let's talk about it. the good movies. Yeah. Let's, let's dive let's in. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's <clears throat> talk about the good ones. New York is in New York without you, love. So far in a few blocks to be so low. And if I call you from first avenue, we're the only motherfucker in the city who can handle me. New in the year 2015, I lived in New York City, and I was seeing a man for about three months. Oh, you're, I want to hear this. And story. we were going, we had plans to meet to see Clouds of Sils Maria at the IFC Center. And I don't remember what happened, but as we walked from my, he, he, Picked me up at my place of work, basically, and we walked to IFC, and we fought the entire way there, and we just, like, sat quietly and watched the movie. Were you reading from the script, or was this a real fight? Yeah. We were reading from a script. Yeah. We stopped and got pizza, and, like, sat angrily and watched each other eat pizza, and then, and by the, at the end of the movie, I broke up with him. While the movie was still going on? No. When the movie, when we left. Were you sitting, oh, you left the theater. We the log comes up, Ben turns, leave me. When, when <laughs> leave Kristen, me. When Kristen Stewart exits the mountain, I was like, same. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? That was your thought? Oh, that's good. No. I don't know if I had already decided by that point. I can't remember, but the movie like convinced me I I should not be in a relationship. I think really, I was just like, look at these two fucked up people. I the realized power of that. Mm-hmm. I realized while watching Hail Caesar that my ex and I were breaking up, mm-hmm. and it was because Alden Ehrenreich looked like someone who I thought he was interested in. Oh, <laughs> and I was wow. like, if I'm having this thought four oh. years in, mm-hmm. like it's time to go. I think it's time to go. Yikes! Let's pack it in, boys. <laughs> Mm. Good movie. So I will always think of that when I watch this movie. I love that. I say that as if I've seen it more than the two times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was this just your second time Uh too from the original time? Uh Same. I've only seen it twice. The Powerful. It's a good movie. I love this movie so much. Very good movie. (sighs) Great film. It's very rich and dark and moving Certainly and layered. layered and it's a little complicated. It's definitely layered. Everything. Very certified copy. Totally. I still haven't seen. seen Give it a look. I bet it's on Criterion Channel. Yes. When I, fir- I when I got filmstruck, it. it was like a Sunday afternoon. I think I had been out like having a day glass of rosé with some people. Mm. Got home, mm. like wanted to take a nap, and I was like, I don't feel like going to sleep. Oh my god, I just got filmstruck. Let's open it up. And I watched like the first 20, 30 minutes of certified copy. I was like, this is great. Not the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I have not returned to it. On my top 10 films of the decade. Thank you. One of two films not in the English language. It's I on feel, there. I, I, feel, I feel weird about my list. Because of that, I feel whole, very I have like, holy, I have it. Holy Motors. Uh-huh. It's number two, I think. Or number three. Wait, best films of the decade? Yep. And and I'm being... I'm Almost t- all of mine are And English I have language. Tony Erdman. 
Oh, and I have a more. Okay. So those are those are the three foreign language on my top ten. Mm-hmm. But I feel very insecure about. Yeah, it. I do too. Wait, I have poetry, and I have poetry is a good one, and I have certified copy. Not, okay, those are good. I have a separation. That's are good. we just talking foreign? Yeah. Yes. Is so certified wanna, copy in English? I think it's some of it is in English, but Kira Stummy is not an English speaking yeah. director, so. Um, Amore? Did I already I mean, say Amore? Does Under the Skin count as American? Yes. <laughs> American, Let's just say in, un, the, in un, the English language. It would win Best International Feature. At one time, one time, I, 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 out of nowhere, I don't know what he was doing on my letterbox, like in the annals of my lists, but Ben commented very snidely. Me, Ben? Yeah, very what, snidely. When? I wake up one morning <laughs> and I'm like dicking around on my phone and I get on Letterbox and I see, I probably like watched, you know, like Fox and his friends the night before. I was like, wonder if anyone liked my funny log. And I see that I have a notification from Ben who commented on my top 10 of the decade list. And he goes, I'm not being a bitch, but if Under the Skin was on your list, where would it be? <laughs> oh, that's good. Out of nowhere. Well, where would it be? <laughs> it's clearly not on there. <laughs> my list right now is very weird. It needs to be redone. What, Brandon, here, I'll read my, Ben, do you, do you have your list? Have we all solidified our best of the decade? And mine is not solidified. Because oh, I'm, because I, I took a, a more off my list. I have a hundred movies that I'm going to try I, to watch in the next six. Months. Okay, so my list is, uh, and I don't I like this. Is this is not creative? I have some work to do. Inside Lewin Davis is number ten. Moonlight's number nine. Mad Max Fury Road. Tony Erdman. The Tree of Life. Phantom Thread. Boyhood. Holy Motors. Social Network. Carol. That's a good list. It's a good list, but it, I don't think it accurately reflects how I feel. Yeah. Like Mad Max is one where like I just feel like Mad Max has to be on that list. Sure. But at the expense of Amour? Oh, I have three foreign films. How exciting. Read your list. How thrilling. Number ten. Certified copy. Oh. Number nine. Two days, one night. Elio. Les Dardins. <laughs> Number eight. Poetry. So my three, three foreign films the are worst, at the bottom. The worst of the ten. Are at the bottom. Number seven, The Wolf of Wall Street. Number six, Inside Lewin Davis. Our first crossover. Number five, Under the Skin. Nice. Number four, The Tree of Life. Mm. Number three is a tie. Ooh, a tie. It's not really a tie. It's just that they're... Is it it Glenn Close and Lady Gaga? Yeah. The two films live together in my soul. It's The Master and Phantom Thread. Fair, oh, fair, sure. fair, and kind of a cop out, but fair. Two, Carol, and number one, Twin Peaks. Oh, oh I'm doing we're, it. We're having, That's a flex. We're having I'm doing it this with honorary Oscar winner, David Lynch. Yeah. So, do, Brandon, just quickly, do we think he's going to actually make an impassioned speech of thanks, or like just about the state of the world, or do we think he's going to pull an Alfred Hitchcock? And, and be like, thank you, and then walk off stage. I think he'll Ooh, give, that's a tough call. I think he will give a speech. I think he'll give. A, I, think, I think he'll yeah, give a speech because speech of the too. state of we're in. But it does, doesn't it? It makes me think of Hitchcock's honorary Oscar. It quite could. A bit. Uh, he could definitely like ma- master who has never won the thing, but is mm-hmm. indisputably the auteur of mm-hmm. our time. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like Hitchcock, notoriously underappreciated at the time, but still yeah. was a massive deal. Yeah. We're in a different market now, but I feel like if David Lynch had the type of Hitchcock, if, if we're saying to have equal success yeah. in the Hitchcock marketplace, like it would be the above the title, like right. cardboard cutouts of David Lynch, like uh-huh. outside the theater, yeah, that type of branding. Mm-hmm. All right, Brandon. I'm even, speaking like, of branding, everyone knows who David Lynch is. Yeah, like even if you are not an art film, person, even if you've never seen a David Lynch, you movie. know who David Lynch is. He's yeah. one of the few like true 
household name film directors. Spielberg, Lynch. I even think they're like I think Lynch is over Scorsese. Maybe Scorsese's right there. Yeah. But anyway, Brandon. Keep Speaking of branding, Lynch. Brandon. Um. Okay. This is I don't Number know. Number ten. It's, Deadpool two. Uh, <laughs> How'd you know? Um, I don't know. This is not official. But I like that Kesha t-shirt you're wearing, by the way. Thank you. She was born in the year 90. Can you believe that? Um, okay, number 10, Amour. Nice. That's a good pick. Nine, Mad Max Fury Road. It, it Eight, Boyhood. Mm-hmm. Seven, Tony Erdman. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Brandon. Six is... We both have it. We both have Tony Erdman at seven. Oh! Do you remember when we saw that together? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Of course you remember Vivid that. Vivid memory of we that. Got, we got lunch. <laughs> we saw Tony Erdman. We had a laugh. And then we wow. saw Patterson. And no, you? nope. We saw Patterson first. <laughs> and I left a candle in my house, quite lit, and uh, we had lunch and uh, saw Tony Irvin. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I remember. I remembered like every yesterday. detail. I think you do. Yeah. Uh, number six, get out. Nice. Nice. Number five, a separation. Very number nice. four, under the skin. Number three, Francis Ha. Thank nice. you. Fuck yeah, dude. I had Francis Ha on my list once upon a time. And I, I just, it needs to be on there. Oh, yeah. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Oh, yeah. Struggling. Number two, Carol. Number one, Social Network. We have nice. the same one and two. Nice. nice. I'm you. holding firm, even though, it, what was it, like Peter Travers said mm-hmm. in like 2010, he's like, the best movie of the decade. Mm-hmm. I'm. He was right. He was right. Isn't Are that crazy that he best? was right? Zadie Smith, by the way, wrote a great essay about the Social Network called Ooh. Generation Y. I would like to read it. I think you should. You know, it was the last film cut from the list to make it 10 is Gone Girl. Fuck yeah. Nice. Very nice. Just because we're on Fincher. Fincher must be in your American sector Mm -hmm. on your list. It would be, if I did not have foreign films, it would be in the top 10. I also think that if you're trying to capture the times that we are in, Mm -hmm. in in film culture Mm -hmm. and in in the film industry, you have to note, you have to put Fincher on here because he is a dying breed at this point. Yeah. Where's his next movie? Is it coming? Is there a studio willing to give him enough money to do it? Yeah. He's just going to have to keep making these beach reads mm-hmm. and turning them into perfect movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Yeah. But like Fincher. Also very Hitchcock. Fincher is one of these disappearing directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, God, I'm still stuck on the fact that I remember exactly where I was when I first saw the the big like movie theater poster, big cardboard cutout size of uh, Social Network. It first came out and uh, Peter Travers, best, best movie of the decade, 2010. The first year of the decade. Nine years uh. left, and motherfucker was right. He was right. He, <laughs> I hate he, him. The, he knocked us all for a loop. Wow. At the end of the day, this was the greatest Are loop. Are we going to do an episode working towards on it. our lists? We will have to. In January? That'll be Here's fine. an idea. In lieu of a best, uh, in lieu of uh, a three-hour, no three-hour 2019 episode where Ben tells me that I'm too sincere at the end. <laughs> We can just <laughs> skip right past Ooh. that. Holding on we'll, to that, huh? <laughs> well, I was recently reminded of it. I had forgotten about oh, it. I had forgotten who, about it. Who reminded you? Who uh, well, I'll tell you on another episode. Who, re- who brought it up? But <laughs> but maybe we should just do our top 10 of the decades. Yeah. Do, no, I, end of the year. I'll say, I do not begrudge the critics who are going to have to release two huge lists yeah. at the end of this year. I do not I do not want to be that person. Yeah. I mean, are people I literally waiting? have a list of 100 movies that I would like to watch before the end of the year and like... 30 that I would like to rewatch yeah. that I just feel like I By the way, by the way, it's yeah. by the way it's June. Yeah. Um so we're running out of time. Got to get started on that list. Yeah, I have a list of things I have to see including Uncle Boon Me, which I've never oh, seen. Oh, you got to yeah. see it. You got to see it. Got to see it. What what gives me existential despair beyond climate change 
the rise of <laughs> do you see that article white nationalism what where the, the new study shows that civilization ends by 2050 I think that sounds about right. Great. <laughs> if we don't, if we don't elect Elizabeth Warren or, yes. frankly, any of the top tier Democrats, even the except ones that Joe I, Biden. Except yeah, Joe oh, no, Biden is not. No, gonna... Ben. Ben. If anyone, if anyone can find a compromise in the middle on climate change, if anyone can compromise with the weather, yeah, you know it's Joe. Yeah. You know it's crazy on good out. Joe. J O. J O. J O. Jack off Joe. Jack off twenty twenty. I well, I could talk about Joe Biden, but I won't. Um, anyway, uh, the only thing not that, positively. I'm not. I'm not a whatever. The only thing but that worries the only, you. No, no, no. The other thing that gives me existential despair is that the tagline or whatever you want to call it on my best films list says, "Gonna noodle around with this for the next three years." Okay. Oh, a lot of time has. Have passed. you noodled? I've noodled. I've done a lot of noodling. A little bit. But I didn't think I was going to... Re- like, I wrote... I remember when I dropped this... I think it was private for a long time. So, like, I don't want anyone thinking that I'm, like, trying to be a... I'm not trying to, like, proclaim anything. Mm-hmm. But the list is called Best Films, parentheses, 2010 to 2019. And it was, like, 2006. Mm. Or t- t- 2006 when you I did, did it. it. <laughs> like, 2016 wow, or 2017. Prescient. And it just, like... It, it, it hurts my body to know that it's... that that, that Here we are. That the time has passed. The time has come. Which, by the way, you all thank me for this is what all of Alyssa, Olivia Asias's movies are about in oh, some way, shape, or form. Passing time. It's about adaptation as time passes. I spoke What's to the... him about my dad. There it is. There it is. What's there the quote is. where they're on the mountain and Kristen Stewart says, the text is an object. I believe she I says, we have to go. <laughs> the sun's going down. <laughs> we, we're lost. I don't know what accent that was. Neither do I. <laughs> Julia Benoche is like, we're lost. Julia Binoche is like, I don't like the internet. <laughs> I and then she says when she's flipping thought, through videos on her. I iPad. thought we didn't. I thought we didn't like the internet. And she just shrugs. She has a laugh. Maybe I like it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Julia oh. Binoche's laugh. Julia Binoche is astonishing in this movie. She just, is incredible. I want to say it's her best performance, but I haven't seen Certified Copy. Thank you. But you have seen Three Colors Blue. Oh fuck. That's the thing about it, right? She's good in everything. Everything's her best I've been meaning to watch... Um, you know, Godzilla is a great movie, but... The Lovers on the Bridge, which I've never seen. I've never seen that either. But I would like to see. I would like to see that. I, she has Chloe Grace Moretz energy in that film. Okay, so how did Ben? How do you feel, Ben, about think, Chloe Grace Moretz I think this is Clemson Sills Maria? This is her only good performance. She's good. She's very she's good. She's very great good. in it. She's very good in this movie. She's doing five different characters. Very yeah. Good. Yeah. She's very good. It's also just with the whole meta qualities of it and just I'll just stop there. But she's like sort of playing Kristen Stewart in mm-hmm. those press conferences. Mm-hmm. Like the way this movie just like bends on, into itself on level like on lines of mass culture. Yeah. It's interesting. And celebrity. It's interesting. It's great. It's complicated. And of course Kristen Stewart, the only American actress to want to say Zar, deserved, amazing. Brilliant. Never been on before. Shit on it. I read Manola's it. review She's of this so film, and she talked. To, she said something like, "You know, she she was very good in Into the Wild, and then she went and did these huge blockbusters where she picked up a lot of ticks, like how much she fidgets. <laughs> <laughs> she does fidget. I. She's, she does fidget. She does a lot of she when she laughs. She has a lot and, of uh, Ariana Grande." Sleeves, yes, oh. yes, and yes. she does a lot of um, covering her mouth. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. She with con- a hand covered in a sweatshirt sleeve. Oh yep. yeah, she's mm-hmm. constantly like she, she's like I um oh yeah just that um mm. just like I, I, I think it's uh, like oh mm. but she's 
so good. It's mm-hmm. so pretty. But it's a it's a specific character. Yeah. Like that's not how she is in every movie. No, and that's, no, no, no. And no. I think at the time people were like, oh, she's just very fidgety. Yeah. And, and now it's like, ruminous. oh no, she was doing that. Yeah. She was doing it because she, she was coming out of her I Twilight want, mode. I want to mm-hmm. see Kristen Stewart's Fox Lux. Oh fuck yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yes. Because she's it. so good at what she does. Mm-hmm. I really want to see her just go batshit crazy. Yes. But, but in a way that never loses the specificity and the character work and is still like existentially. And she could moving. because, you know, that Totino's SNL video is off. That is a classic. Off the chain. That like, that's true. very un-Kristen Stewart. Yes. Very. Uh, energy wise. I'm good. Yeah. So what? I'm good. She can do it. She can do it. She has Have I the told range. you guys one time I was at the Soho house? Outside, not inside. But <laughs> <laughs> I was applying to be a bartender oh, at the Soho so house. <laughs> and there's like. Do you a- have a bartending license? Yeah. What? what? Mm-hmm. Make me a drink right now. Um, And there's like. There's the valet, but there's also like an outside little parking lot right there. Kristen Stewart pulled up in a <gasps> truck. Kind of truck, like a pickup? Uh-huh. In a pickup truck. Like built for tough. And she parked, and she got out, and she hoisted her jeans, and she walked in. Hell yeah. Did I ever tell you guys- This would have been like 2012. Did I ever tell you guys about in the year 2018 when I was at Akbar and Kristen Stewart was right next uh, to me? No. What? Yeah, Kristen Stewart was at Akbar. Choice of Aunt at Akbar. I think you have mentioned By the way, that's the story. She was hanging out with her girls. Yeah. Akbar is the best bar in America. She looked uh. so fucking gay. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Mm. My gay Kristen Stewart. Never forget when she dated Annie Clark uh, in New York. Uh, the song New York, New York might is about, is about yeah. Kristen Stewart. Truly iconic. Listen to the new Slater Kenny track produced by <sighs> Annie Clark. That's so good. Um, I have to be honest, I'm relieved that we are not actually talking about any of the movies this week. Uh, it's very hard. <laughs> They're all. I mean, I'll tell you this: when I'm when I'm watching these movies. I mean, I I am sure that the three of us could have a discussion about these movies if we just like we're not drinking beers, mm-hmm. and like it's ten a.m. We've all taken extensive notes. There's if mu- I didn't have a night terror last night, I and a, if I had, I had a, a night terror too, a good like <gasps> night of sleep. I've literally been out of sleep. What was yours? I, I'm not going to share what mine was about. It's too dark. I, what um, was yours about? I'll I'll tell on the mic. I had a dream that there was like a Rosemary's Baby coven in my apartment. They were going to sacrifice me, but. I woke up and I was sure it was real and I like looked for them in like my cabinets. And cuz witches can do that. And like Linda was they can. Linda was very concerned. She was meowing at me and I was I was just like I just like knew someone was in my apartment. Were you speaking? No. Were you cognizant of what was happening? Was this like no. one of those like the that movie The so Nightmare, like, one of those like apparitions when you oh. can't move from your bed and like there's like this no, I could move. figure over the side. Like, but well in figure. the dream I was in bed in the dream in my apartment and there were just like it was it was like Rosemary's, Rosemary's baby, baby yeah. and there were just like people around. No, no, that no, no. That's the nightmare. Mm-hmm. What is sleep paralysis? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. might have been having sleep paralysis. There was actually a party going on. And you me. felt, did you feel like completely helpless and like uh-huh. you couldn't move? And then and when I woke up, I literally like shot out of bed terrifying. and looked for people. And you live alone. Yeah. Terrifying. And I have a lot of home invasion nightmares, but this is, this was like the most vivid in a while. That's rough. Wow. And then I like, yeah, so I just didn't get a good night of sleep. Yeah, I'll say. And it was a rough night, day at work. And it had been kind of a rough night in the theater oh, before yeah. you got home. Mm. Scruffing your man. True. Woof. To that I say woof. Woof. I've never sent someone a woof before. But did you poke? Did you on poke? Facebook? Oh, yeah. sure. 
Oh, I poked I always on Facebook. Okay. Is poking still a thing? It's just still you have to find Zadie it. You really Smith, have to search uh, for Zadie Smith discusses poking in her oh. seminal Facebook essay, Generation Y. Oh. Uh, where she talks. Is Generation W H Y though? Yes. Oh, generation Generation Y. For real? Yeah. It's a it's a critical essay on the social wow. network and also Mark Zuckerberg and how Mark Zuckerberg um, so when I, I guess he still has a Facebook profile, but when you would put like your likes and your interests and your just you know whatever it is, under his interests he he one of them was eliminating desire, <laughs> and she and she talks about how Facebook is basically that ethos writ large. Um, That's in, true. Basically, she's saying that like Zuckerberg. This is a very nonfiction discussion. Yeah, Zuckerberg has, which is why I was thinking about these Zadie Smith essays. Mm. What, she, what the argument she lays out is that Zuckerberg ha, Zuckerberg just does not understand the idea of privacy mm-hmm. because in his by eliminating desire, there's nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. If we're not humans who want things or say things or do things, we just we are we are open books, we are boring, mm-hmm. and we like what everyone else likes. We're yeah. only homogenous in that way. Basically, she she posits, if I remember correctly, like desire is antithetical to like the 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 sort of socio like the, the society's hive mind that Zuckerberg so desperately wants to be a part of. Yeah. Um anyway, so That is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. She was talking about how like fa- the irony of Facebook is that when you ask somebody like why they're staying on you then don't like it, it's like, well I have to stay connected. I like want to be able to talk to my friends. Yeah. And she's like, of course we were able to do this before Facebook, but no one did it. And mm. you and you don't actually communicate with your friend like your long lost friends on Facebook, even though you're friends, you don't have ever send that message. Right. Now, you can send them an email or a piece of mail, but you're not going to, just like mm-hmm. you won't send them a DM on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. But she talks about how like the the irony of the democratization of it that it allows everybody in mm-hmm. is that it's actually filtered through a the very specific viewpoint of a college aged male who yeah. wants everyone to be in the same room, mm-hmm. not everybody in their own spaces connecting like organically. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's, mm. it's dark layer complicated. Rich, rich. dark layer. I forgot. I did have a question I wanted to ask you guys about which film. You'll know when I when I ask the question. Is it about summer hours? Because that is the masterpiece in the bunch. It is. Um, it is. It is. Are you guys the child that will deal with the parents' death? Because I am. Explicitly in my family. <laughs> I don't So, by the know. way, my nightmare that I had last night was sort of along these lines. Probably because oh. I watched Summer Hours. Yeah. Um, no, I will not. Um, I might be, actually. I don't know. I think I... I'm not the one who lives... I don't know, because I, I live 2,000 miles. I don't know. I'll my sister you. lives closest, and I'm still the one. You're the that I am a chosen one. I am one. expected because I, I'm very good in a crisis. I thrive. <laughs> I thrive in a crisis. I mean, I do it, too. As the resident Aries at the table, I love nothing more than a crisis. Mm-hmm. I was recently at an Airbnb in the desert where they had an electric kettle, and it was on top of a hot plate, mm-hmm. and the hot plate was turned on um, to like the the electric kettle was filled with water. Uh-huh. And then put back on top of the hot plate. And instead of pressing on on the electric kettle, uh-huh. the hot plate was turned on. And sure. the electric kettle melted sure. all over the... Uh, I actually shouldn't be sharing this because... Nope. The Airbnb user's yeah. going to yeah, find be, your podcast, listen but to I, it. Like, I was thriving, like jumping into action. Yeah. Like, replaced the electric kettle, like scrubbed everything up. Mm-hmm. I still have the kettle. Like it's it's the melted kettle. Yeah, is it, it looks is it like an art piece now? Kind of because we really need purpose that's not arbitrarily yeah. given to us. But I, lo- I, I, I I like you, Ben. I, I thrive <laughs> in a crisis when you can arbitrarily create a purpose for yourself. What? How? When? Who? You are just this podcast. You are very good at just because something is in front of you, you have to do it. 
Daniel and I, if we don't feel it in our bones that we have to do it, we don't do it. Oh, sure. You yeah. know? Fair. You know? Probably true. I, I Summer hours, masterpiece. I would, I would definitely be <laughs> someone. enough therapy. I, I, I would be, I would be like, but those paintings. Am I like, I, I love that. Mm. Something I love in this movie is just like the idea of like value of objects. Mm-hmm. It, like, I think that everyone should be forced to watch Summer Hours before they move mm-hmm. when it comes to like getting rid of stuff. And basically like the emotional value that we lay on things. What is that? What is the, um, what is the utility of that object divorced of the emotions. And when the person instead who instead of watching Marie Kondo watch summer watch hours. Watch summer hours. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But it's like the 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 pieces that that we are led to believe are worth the most money in summer hours end up being some of the most worthless. Yeah. And that the one that the vase that Jean Dielman keeps underneath the sink uh, uh-huh. because she doesn't like using the fancy ones, mm-hmm. just like the junk vases, end yep. up being the most valuable things. Not the most valuable things in the house, but like these these treasures they from eighteen eighties like glass blower, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. I forgot how hot the brother is. Yeah. Yeah. They both are. Jeremy Renier. Yeah, what's he in? Uh, I don't remember. Things. Um, He's being hot. Doing hot. The Something that frustrates me about this movie, not like as a movie, but like... He's in In Bruges. The, oh, the eldest brother. Like something that I don't understand about, like personally, I just am like, why are you like this? That uh, he ne- it never occurs to him that... His mother already said, no one's going to want to keep the house. You should sell the house. It never occurs to him that mm-hmm. that's what she wanted. Right. It's all It's all just, oh, I thought we all loved the house. Well, it's, the, it's, it's, it's that it's because it's, I think he actually feels those things. No, totally. But it's this performance of value. Yes. Right? The, the, and the idea that you don't, when, when your family, is, and I can speak to this because my family is spread out all over the country mm-hmm. and the world. Like, there's this idea that there are certain totems that bring us all together mm-hmm. when in fact it's just like the love, like my family is very close. Right. Like it's, it's the love that you have for each other. Like the, it's the relationships themselves. Mm-hmm. But when you have so much distance between everybody, you put it all on objects on the shade of color that something is painted or, yeah. you know, basically that like, mm-hmm. like that's, that's sort of, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Which I think is a fascinating dynamic. When it my is. parents yeah. moved to be closer to my grandparents a couple years ago, Hi, Linda. I think, my my parents were like upset that my sister and my brother and I were not upset that we sold the family house. Mm-hmm. We were not. None of us were like atta- we're like like we're not attached to the house. Like it's like sure it's the house we grew up in. There are memories there, but we're not attached to the house. But then some. But some offspring would feel differently. Yes, right. totally. Mm-hmm. But I'm, it was just odd. All three of us were just like okay. The house that I grew up in in Southern Ohio was painted this of course i love this looking back on it but like the house was painted this sort of like puke green like, like ours like, was sort of like a foresty puke green. ugly green awful <laughs> so and ours. like like an old like pre-war like mm. my i loved my house it was like we had like one bathroom but like six oh. people in there and That's i awful <laughs> well i mean it's just very stressful but growing up, I didn't know any. I didn't know yeah. anything else. So like, it was like, oh, everyone doesn't have the same shower. Like, you don't have to wait forty five minutes to get in the shower. Oof. I'm just but thinking about pooping. Pooping too. Oh well, pooping's got to be well. Stra- there, there was a bathroom. A there, was a oh, okay. there was a toilet down. There was a toilet downstairs. You had a half bath. We had a half bath. It was a one and a half. Bath. One a one and a half bath. But I th- I'm like I'm just guessing my parents' psychology here because like like I don't think like, I, th- I think they wanted to do something to the house like mm-hmm. to make it more. Like what, like like what they wanted, and so they painted the house like blue when mm-hmm. I was like maybe eight or nine years old, and my little sister like bawled, 
and it took her years to get over the no, to get Harvard student. Is that this one? Not the Harvard oh, student. Oh, the other one. No, the the one who works in uh, PR. Oh. Did you tell her to see Book Fart? Uh, no, I haven't, but I think I'm seeing her this weekend, so Great. I'll tell her to see it. Go see it with her. So let's talk about something else in summer hours. Um, ah, good movie. It's so good. I mean, it, Juliet Binoche's wig. I love Edith uh, Scobe in this movie as the yes. mother. Yeah, she's great. That scene that you screenshot, Ben, screenshot. Um, where she's sitting and I told him dark. about my death. Okay. That's that, John Dealman energy. Yeah, that is. scene where she's just sitting, yeah, in the dark house. And this then she's later the scene now. where the, 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 uh, what's, she's like, the cook, the, the cook, the, housekeeper, Eloise. the housekeeper, Eloise. Eloise. She, when Dillman. she's walking around and it's all boxed up, and you're like, yeah. "Wow, how sad!" And then it takes it one step further, and you see the the children, yeah, running about, uh-huh. partying, and having it a just, party in the just chair. How there. it's, yeah. and then you find out that the daughter, like, "Well, I like this house." Whew. Well, that's sort of Whew. what I wanted to talk about in a way. I mean, the, yes, that that chair, and 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 it, and it goes mm. back to like what we the value we assign to space to objects and one of the great things about summer hours is that you as a viewer begin to have your own ideas about what a chair represents and an emotional attachment to it mm-hmm. and because like brandon was saying like the first time you see it it is adit scope the matriarch of the family like sitting in it after everyone's left like in the dark and there's been this lovely birthday party they're mm-hmm. drinking champagne they're reminiscing they're going through the house she just sits there alone she's like well, i'm tired i'm going to bed like mm-hmm. i'm lonely and then we see it again when they're they're not appraising the house, but she's passed away. Mm-hmm. All the kids are there, and the art appraisers are there, and they're just walking through the house, and it's like fairly stripped down. You see the chair there again, mm-hmm. and one guy, like one of her friends, the guy who works at Museum d'Orsay, says like, "Oh God, this is like chilling to be here because, like, I reckon this place. She kept this place the exact same for mm-hmm. her uncle, who was the artist, and all this stuff. And then at the end of the film, we see the 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 daughter of the." Uh, the lead son mm-hmm. uh, who was throwing a party at the house. Like the p- kids are just like running all around the chair and like, it, it's sort of like devoid of any meaning whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. But you like become a family member in that way that you see that chair. You're like, Oh, not, not the move out of the way. Like it's very meadow soprano. It's very meadow soprano, but that kind of gets at a progression of this movie that I like. So I both times I've seen this movie, this is one of my very favorite movies. I, it, this movie moves me like not a lot of movies do. The last 30 minutes frustrate me both times I'm watching it because I'm like, I don't really care <laughs> about, about the youngest daughter and her drama. Uh-huh. Like, I want to stay with the kids. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm more interested in the sibling dynamic uh-huh. and the idea of, like, just the, the nitty-gritty of breaking up a life uh-huh. and, like, deciding what to sell, what to keep. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, I'm like, oh, no, but that's sort of the whole point of the movie, like mm-hmm. how it passes down generation, generationally from each character. And every uh-huh. generation has a different idea about what the family means and how they relate to one another. Hi, Lin- oh, Linda. She's on Linda's the laptop. laptop. Linda's doing laptop. <laughs> that's, a, that's a keyboard cat I've ever saw on myself. Oh, are you, is your butt on my laptop? Why is your hey, butt, butt hanging open? Hey, little butt. Oh, bye. And I, ooh. And I, ooh. What did she do? Anyway, it's just the time, it's just the whole point <laughs> that like life is mutable and like you you have a fixed idea of what life looks like and how everyone mm. relates in it and then that's gone. Yeah. This is one of the movies where I feel like Asayas's fades to black works best because mm-hmm. like the scene yeah. ends and when you're not ready for it too because that's just life. Mm-hmm. And so in the end like when all the kids are partying in the house both times I'm like is he like just like yammering on about how kids don't respect anything. He's yeah. like no, he's not saying that at all. Yeah. Like it's just the, the the space the space is just a building. Yeah. 
you know, like it is nothing will ever be the way like this at a certain point, we're going to stop recording this podcast and this table might not be in this apartment Mm -hmm. and it will be completely meaningless. Civilization will be over in 30 years. Well, that too. No, no, no. That's the other thing. (laughs) No, that's the other thing that like watching these movies. I'm like, I feel like like there's so much about adaptation while time passes. I'm like, Asayas make an environmental disaster movie. Make Mm -hmm. where is Olivier Asayas's crawl Uh, is my question. Hell yeah. Mm. But Ben is going to sell this table or donate it to Goodwill at some point. And it's going to be somewhere else. And like, we have a good time here. We're all from, we've gotten closer doing this podcast. Completely meaningless. Yeah. Won't matter. Yeah. These microphones are going to be sold to like Yamaha. Oh. Is there a Yamaha store? Like they're going to, you know what I mean? Are like, they? We, Can we, we make some money? Like when I things? come over to, when <laughs> I feel like when I come over to Ben's, like before we're going out to Akbar, like watching the Oscars, like mm. there's this table over here. It's got three microphones on it, the chairs. And I see that and like, it's a staple. So when it's, it's a when staple, the, but it means something, mm-hmm. you know? It's when, completely meaningless. When the end times come and this whole space is blown out, yeah. this table and the microphones will be the last remaining thing amongst oh. all the rubble. Ultimately, when Brandon, the big one hits. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm looking up that climate change article. <laughs> I think it was like, I don't know if it was a reliable publication. It was like Vox or something. I don't know, but it's on Vox CBS News. <laughs> Do you call it CBS Nudes? I didn't mean that on purpose. But that's I mean. pretty good. CBS Nudes. All right, take us home. Yeah, so this has been another episode. This has been the nonfiction episode of Movies IMO. It's been very... The Asayas Corner. Much like that film. You know, we're, ta- we're talking about how people adapt on a personal level to large existential shifts uh, yes. in culture and technology and just time moving forward. Uh, yes. that's, that's, I think, safe to say that's been the thesis of the episode. We've been having a serious discussion. Um, please, if you would, rate us five stars on the iTunes store. Uh, yeah. You can catch us there. You can listen to us on Acast, on Spotify, on Stitcher. A, a, a spread, a bounty, a platter in Lena Dunham. Yeah, a platter. Yes. Uh, a platter of, of podcatchers. Um, and please tell your friends, and we really appreciate you listening. Um, oh, that's so sweet. I'm Daniel Crook. You can we find never me. close like this, Ben. You can find me on the <laughs> internet. At, what? Yes, you do. No, you don't. we don't compliment our listeners like you did. It was very sweet. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet. I was saying it was sweet. At Daniel Crook with three O's. And um, I don't know. Oh, I want a copy of the painting in Summer Hours, the one that's the cover of the Criterion, mm-hmm. the one that needs to be restored. Mm-hmm. I want that in my house. I don't have any art. I want that enormous, like... Get it. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I'm going to... I'll tell you what. I'm not going to take it to... I'm not going to take it to that auction house in New York yeah. where they're going to rip apart the book and sell it page by page. Oh, a disgrace. Not taking it to Christie's. What movie is the painting hung upside down? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what you're talking about. It's like the joke is that it doesn't, you can't really tell. Rate Rock, us five stars. Rocket Man. Rate us five stars and tell us. What movie are we talking about? The one where it's someone has Rocket a piece of Man. art. It's Rocket Man. Oh, well, I'm not. Which, th- so you're I'm, not thinking, I'm not thinking of our, you haven't seen it. What is your favorite movie where a plot point involves a character framing and hanging a piece of art upside down? Oh. With five stars, please. <laughs> I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben MB. You can find me on Twitter at Real.A. And you can find Movies IMO on Twitter. On Twitter. At Movies IMO with three O's. What are we talking about um, next week? Just one O. Next week, we are talking about. The last. We are talking about The Last Black Man in San Francisco. We will be. You're going to have to help me out with the homework. 
We the theme for next week is films that have won the best directing prize at Sundance. We are talking mm-hmm. about Beach Rats and Swiss Army Man. And Martha Marcy, And Martha Marcy May Marlene. Marlene. We're digging into the American independent cinema. Yeah. Like the, really? nice. the con- con- contemporary We're doing cinema. it. Mm, we're Interesting. Gonna, we're going to have that. That should be a good chat. Yeah. We're do it. We're going to enjoy it. Maybe we'll actually talk about movies again. <laughs> one day. Like, one like day. We've a couple of weeks now. <laughs> I feel like we grappled with Booksmart. No, okay. we did. I know you didn't really listen to it when you were editing it, but we grappled no, with we, Booksmart. You know, maybe one day we'll get back to the topic at hand. Maybe. Who gives a shit? I mean, if you're listening to this. The world is ending. Do you guys remember when we first put out... Uh, no one's listening, so we can just talk. When we first put out this podcast... <laughs> I've hit stopped on the recorder. When we, when we got our first round of data back from Apple, and it was like, mm. most people turn off the podcast 20 minutes in. Mm. <laughs> so who gives a shit? No one's hearing this. That's true. <laughs> this is for us. Given to us by us. It always has and been. it will be sold at auction for uh, a penance. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.